glad you joined us for New Hope's Sermon of the Week. For more resources, be sure to contact newhopecom.org. We hope you enjoy this week's message. I feel like everybody deserves some sort of a prize for being here today or something. You know, like a check or a gift certificate or something. Oh, man. It's like we battled through, but we've seen so much worse. What is it like an inch of ice, you know? I mean, really. <laughs> right. You know, you get, uh, we always joke in, in Rochester, you get like three, four feet of snow in a snowstorm, you're five minutes late to work. I mean, okay, big deal, right? You, you know, everywhere else, it shuts everything down. I have a friend who moved here from out of state who says, man, upstate New Yorkers, they're tough. Rochesterians are tough, but they can handle. Uh, I don't know if everyone notices Pete and Sue Rosser are back here from Florida. Yay. We, 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 <laughs> right. we greeted them already, and as we were coming through the front doors, we said, here is the de-icing hangar. You've got to come through here before you can get into the church. So it's, it's all good. It is good. It's fun, man. I'll push through anything to get to be with people, to worship together. Like, this is great. So, so it's so good to see everyone, uh, really. It, uh, it feels like real family when I look out. I get so encouraged just to see people, see you guys. Um, it's really a family. And even those who are home today, who, you know, they're with us here in spirit. And um, yeah, so hopefully they're having a good morning. Um, but I just wanted to kind of wrap up some things this morning. You know, I uh, spoke, we did this big series back in February uh, called Unbroke, Breaking Through Financial Barriers. And then I did that for three or four weeks. We had Breakthrough Sunday, and then I went out of the country for over two weeks. We were in Israel um, with the Walton Academy touring the country and in Jordan. Uh, and there's been a lot happening here over the last month, and I haven't, been, I haven't spoken in, I think, over a month. So I wanted to just bring some thoughts before you this morning, just share some things on my heart. And I'm going to break my own rule of not having a one main point, and I have several. So uh, I hope it blesses you, and I'm just going to share some things that God's put on my heart regarding what we've been talking about, some things about moving forward, and tie it in. And I feel like part of my message has already been preached this morning. Don't you love when that happens during yes. worship? Yes. It's like, oh man, they took my message. How did they know? So, but uh, March was a historic month here. When I look back at it and say March was a historic month uh, in a lot of ways. And if you're new here, you're kind of joining in on where we have been going. So you got, you're right in the wave of what God is doing. Uh, for those who have been here longer, um, you probably recognize that in some level. Um, but the, number one, the church, who's us, came together in a whole new wave, a new level of generosity. Um, that was at a historic level, really. The month was a historic month. Um, we gave, we sowed at a whole new level. And that was something we were praying about coming into the year, to say, you know, let's go to a new level in this area. Um, so that was big. And we talked a lot about generosity and about giving and setting aside out of the first of our wealth to advance the kingdom, not it being an afterthought. Um, but it is a priority in our lives and a priority in the kingdom of God. Um, I've shared this before. Joy and I, at the beginning of every year, we ask the Lord, how this year, Lord, what are you calling us to do to increase our standard of giving, not just our standard of living? What are we doing to advance in new ways? 
Um, you know, that's just something that we've been living from out of for several years. And that's just a hard attitude. It just attracts blessing and attracts favor to your life, living from that place, not just hoarding uh, what we have, but thinking first about the kingdom, thinking first about giving and sowing, and then living out of the remainder. It's a great thing. Um, you know, we give from a place of thankfulness because we've been blessed. You know, it's like the blessed life. It really is true. Um, when I was in Israel and Jordan for two weeks, um, you, if you don't know you're blessed, you've got to get out of the country at least once a year and go see other places. Uh, when you come back here, I, I'm never so excited to see U.S. immigrations and customs. And I'm just like, I just want to hug them. <laughs> you know, not so much when I'm crossing the border into Canada, but when you're coming back into the U.S., it's like, I just want to give them a big hug. You know, and say, wow, we are so blessed in this country. Things run so much more smooth and efficient. And I was so happy to get back here. But we're blessed. If we're in this country living here, we're here this morning, you're blessed. You know, and blessing just increases on your life in the kingdom. It's just true. Um, the second thing was, I felt it was historic, is that we brought forward areas that we were believing for breakthrough in. And if you've been here over the last four to six weeks, you've been a part of this, you've been hearing about it. And we stood with one another in each other's journeys. I think that's so powerful in the kingdom. You link arms with each other. You know, we've, we've been standing with each other. We've been hearing testimonies of breakthrough and th uh, things, things breaking open in our lives. Um, it wasn't just going to be another year. We wanted a year to see explosive growth, explosive momentum. Things move forward in a whole new level. That's what we've been praying about. Individually, for, for your life, when you think about we're already in April, how is this year going? Are you falling more in love with Jesus? Are things opening up for you? Are you going after things in the kingdom in, in a new way? Don't let it stop just because we had great ideas back in January or February. But like, keep it up. Like we're, we're coming up to a halfway point. Let's like take a check and see, how are we doing? How is this year? Am I growing deeper in God this year? Am I going to a new level in my own personal life and in my own personal breakthrough? You know, for all of us, you know, there's no arriving in the kingdom, you know. I don't care how old you are. And we have saints here of all different age groups and levels. We have moms and fathers. We have teens and youth and kids. And even the mothers and fathers here are pressing in for more and going after it. So um, we're, we just never arrive, right? Um, we've been talking about this scripture, 2 Corinthians 3.18, uh, one of the most awesome scriptures. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, uh, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. That we are on this journey of being transformed into his image from glory to glory. Some, um, tra some translations say, I think it's a point of radiance or something like that. It talks about a degree of radiance from one degree to the next. From one degree of radiance to the next degree. It's like, wow, what a beautiful picture that is. Just, uh, as it was Friday into Saturday, in a 24-hour period, I heard from four people of breakthrough testimonies. It was like, I mean, we've been playing them each week for the last six weeks. Uh, or playing a video, or hearing from it live about God breaking through into someone's lives. Uh, and if you weren't here, we, we actually did a special offering, I think very in the very beginning of March, where we did a breakthrough Sunday, we wrote something down, we were believing for breakthrough in, and we sowed it and we gave. And I have had those cards, the leadership team, we've been praying through them. We've, I, I can 
probably look at you and tell you your request. I just remember that stuff, so I remember it. I actually was talking with someone last week, and something happened in their life, and I said, wasn't that your breakthrough request, what you were believing for breakthrough on? They're like, you're right, I forgot. I'm like, I didn't. We've been praying over these things, so I I know what we've been believing for together. Uh, And a lot of others on our team do as well. We've all been going through it. Um, So it was awesome yesterday to hear from four individuals um, of like, this was what I was believing God for, and I was praying into it, and it happened uh, in one 24-hour period. So that was really cool. You know, funny story, when I was coming back from Israel, uh, I had about eight hours on the plane, and I just watched tons of movies. I don't get a lot of time to watch a lot of TV in normal life. You know, maybe my kids might disagree, but uh, I don't feel like I watch a lot of movies and TV shows. Um, But when I'm on a plane and I've got eight, nine hours, I'm just going to watch continual movies, like one after the next. And I will plan out ahead of time, like, what do I want to see? What do I want to catch up on, you know? So I did. And one of the movies I watched was Dunkirk. Um, and then I got home, and I told Joy, I'm like, literally one of our first conversations was, what did you do on the plane? I was like, I watched four straight movies. This movie was awesome. This movie was boring. Dunkirk, I just didn't get it at all. I, I'm sorry, I'm a history person, and I just didn't enjoy it. It was so boring to me. Um, and then Joy says, well, I just preached on that on Sunday, and I played a clip from Dunkirk <laughs> on Sunday morning. I was like, what? You drew a conclusion out of that movie? I, I didn't follow that at all. So, and as she shared it with me, I thought, oh my gosh, so that was the whole point of the movie. I totally missed that. So, I was like, this is so boring. I'm just not getting this at all. You know, like, I mean, the sound effects are great and the music, but I'm like, the story just didn't resonate with me. Or I was just really tired. But as Joy shared about it, you know, here, here was this, you know, I think the whole theme of the message was your breakthrough might look different than you expect, right? right? So, um, so you have this story where there's 300,000 soldiers, right, stranded on the beach and with no hope of getting out of there, like through a mass exodus or anything. And then it was all the little boats that came together from England, all the English, yeah. you know, came across the channel, rescued the three to 400,000 people individually through, what, hundreds or thousands of boats? What, how much? 800 boats. It was like a mini D-Day invasion except the opposite direction. <laughs> so, yeah, going across the channel. So it was so powerful, but so we had a good laugh about that. You guys were here enjoying that clip from that movie. I heard it was such a powerful message. I was watching the movie on the plane. I did not pick up that, but then as she shared it with me, I totally got it. I'm like, that is a picture in the kingdom, that we're all here helping each other out. We're, we're, you know, whatever we can, whatever we have in our hand, like Moses, if you have a staff in your hand, throw it down. That's what God is going to use. If you have a little boat to go help someone, go help someone. I mean, that's the kingdom of God in action. Um, the other thing, uh, yeah, so, okay, yeah, that's a good point. That was a good point. That was a good point. Check, 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 check. Um, you know, our path and journey in the kingdom is designed to become more clear as we move forward. Do you believe that? Like, your journey, your life in the kingdom of God should be coming more clear as we move forward. Like, it doesn't become more confusing. It should become more clear. We walk in greater clarity. If we're not, then we need to look at something in our hearts. Either it could be unforgiveness, or it could be something that's blocking it, clouding our vision. But I believe, and I think the, the Bible makes us clear, is that our path is designed to become more clear. If we stay on the path of love, your path is going to get brighter, and it's going to get brighter and brighter. And it doesn't mean you don't go through challenges or hard times or have to stand. 
but it becomes more clear. Proverbs 4.18 says, The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. The, the path in the kingdom, the path of the righteous who are doing what is right in the eyes of the Lord becomes brighter and brighter. That's an awesome hope that we have. So when we talk about going from glory to glory, we're talking about a progressive life that is moving forward in things of the kingdom, that's growing, that's putting down roots, that is anchoring itself to Jesus Christ. So it, our life moves forward, we grow, we learn. We learn to love at new levels. It's a progressive thing. Um, Philippians 3, I was reading this this week, and it just made me think of going to new levels and I was just really blown away by this. Philippians is the last letter on record to a New Testament church that we have. So other letters that came out might have been to an individual. That was the last letter that we have toward the end of Paul's life that he wrote to a church. And here he is saying, while he's under house arrest, and he's, he's, he's basically in prison, uh, and he is encouraging the church from that place that he's in. You know, you ever talk with someone and you know, they should be very much, you feel like, in despair or going through a hard time, and then they end up encouraging you, and you're like, wow, I want to be more like that person. You know, this is kind of like Paul saying, brethren, I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. There's so much we could unpack in that. You know, there's a prize, there's a prize, there's a result of you pushing in and pressing and going after your calling. And it's an upward call, it moves forward, it moves to new levels. So growth isn't just a church term, it's actually something that should take hold and we should be growing in our lives, growing deeper in love with Jesus and each other. Here is Paul, at the end of his life, in prison, encouraging the church. He's saying, you know, I, I might be under house arrest, I might be in prison, uh, but I'm forgetting what lies behind. I'm, I'm not camping out on my past victories or just even you know, being uh, hung up on my negative experiences or failures, but I'm pressing forward to what lies yeah. ahead. And I press on toward the goal of the prize for the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's pretty awesome. We see in 1 Corinthians 9, do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Paul says, to run so that you can get the prize. What is the prize? That's you living to the fullness of what God has called you to do. And if we're not living to the fullness of what God has called you to do, you're not going to get a prize. I mean, it's like that simple. I don't know how else to break it down. Um, <laughs> but there's no prize. It's like you get to the bottom of the cereal box and there's no prize. And you're like, what the heck? I, I paid for this. There's no prize. Um, but run in a way that you can obtain it, Paul says. Go after it. So we're, we as a people and as a church are going after something. You're, you know, when there's fire starters, our group happening here on Wednesday nights, praying and going after things, you just got to kind of sit in the back and watch people. You're going after stuff together. You're linking arms with each other. It's a, it's a great thing. We're not just going to be sitting in our chairs uh, as, as believers watching. So don't give up. Keep running the race. And I felt the Lord was saying that this morning to people here. Don't give up. Keep running the race. And run in a way that you win. Know that God can turn anything around and turn it for good. 
any season you're in that is difficult or you, you feel confused, you can grow through it. You can grow. You can be strengthened through it. doesn't mean you have to stay there, but God can use it. You know, I know, remember years ago, I was thinking about this week, and um, I was graduating from business school here. I went to Roberts Wesleyan College for my undergraduate, and I was graduating with a Bachelor's of Business Administration. And if you've ever been in that place, and a business student, you come through school, you've put in four years, you've learned a lot about accounting and about finance and marketing and sales, and you come out thinking, like, I'm ready to go run a company. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to manage people. I can lead. The truth is you don't know anything about anything. You know. But we come out thinking, I have a bachelor's in business administration. I'm ready to lead. You know, give me someone to manage. <laughs> well, it's not true. It doesn't work out like that. You actually know nothing. And you need to start usually at the very bottom and understand what happens in the trenches. Right, Chris? Like, we start out very low. So here, I, I remember so clearly, it was in my senior year, Joy was in her, I think, junior year, uh, yeah, because we were great apart, she was going through nursing school, and there was a couple that had moved over here from England, and he was a very high-level person at, the comp- at Xerox Corporation, and his wife was in the class with Joy in nursing school, so we got to know them. Um, so here was me thinking, okay, this is great. We got to form friendships with him. He was the chief information officer for Xerox at the time, very high-level position. Um, We formed a friendship. I thought, this is great. I'm going to get an internship working at Xerox. Perfect. This is like killer, you know? It's great. I'll probably even get paid for my internship, which is a rare thing. If you land one of those, it's just like amazing, you know? Usually it's just grunt work or, you know, go make photocopies. We need copies made. That's your internship, you know? Um, So... I remember thinking, oh, I was so excited about this. And I went up and visited him up in his big tower downtown where Xerox was at the time. And he had this amazing office, like all windows looking over the city. And I thought, yeah, it's about time. I graduated with my bachelor's. I'm ready to sit up here and lead people and give orders and have stuff done and have secretaries. And, you know, this is what I went to school for for four years. Well, you know, it didn't turn out exactly like that. So um, in that time, you remember 2000, 2001, it was like a recession time period. Bush was coming into office. The economy was not doing well. They were not hiring. Even at that level, he's like, I had an internship approved, but everything has been cut. We have no money, and I can't bring you on. It was like, oh, man, you've got to be kidding. So, so that plan uh, was going uh, down the toilet. So, but I remember... Here's how amazing the Lord is. So what ended up happening was, it's not really glamorous, I ended up working for a bridal business selling tuxedos and suits and helping people get fitted for weddings. So it wasn't what I wanted to be doing, um, but I did it for six months to a year, um, and I was literally, like, wedding parties would come in, I'm running around, like, I I don't know anything about clothes, right? So, but I'm fitting them, making sure they got all their stuff and, you know, all that stuff. And I got paid for it. It was was good in that sense. Um, But it was not what I wanted to be doing. And you know how they try to tie an internship to actually make it business when they they really just want you as an employee to, like, help? And I was like, (laughs) is there anything I can learn here, like, a little higher level? And it was like, no, this is what we need you to be doing. I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'll do it. But I remember I grew so much during the Lord during that time. It was not what I expected. And um, I remember, I can still remember many years ago, driving to work, feeling the pleasure of God that I was doing what he had put before me at that time. 
and I was going to do it to the best that I could possibly do it. And I actually partially enjoyed it. I would say partially, because I'm being a little generous. But I grew to partially love it, partially enjoy it. But I felt the pleasure of God on that season of my life. And I felt like I grew so much just being faithful, driving. I, I worked as hard as I could at it. I, they loved me. All the staff loved me there. I, I just ran it really well. Um, it was part of my training in the kingdom. Well, the Lord had even other plans. So we ended up doing dinner one night at their house out in Webster. And we were sitting across from his, him and his wife. He's the chief information officer for Xerox. So I just kind of wanted to listen to anything he said. Uh, and his wife was there, and we just formed a wonderful relationship. We were having dinner. We started talking about things of God. You probably remember. The Lord had given me some things for her prophetically of physical symptoms she was feeling in her intestines or something. I don't even remember it. I just know it resonated. It hit the mark. They ended up getting saved right there at the kitchen table, coming to know Christ, and it was such a powerful conversion. Um, and it was like, okay, Lord, if you had me do this just for that... So the people came to know you and like had a radical transformation. He went on to finish his career at Xerox at the highest level, retired to Florida, became a pastor, went to Bible school. They're still down there today. They had no belief in God coming over from England into, into Rochester, New York. They had, I mean, just almost totally agnostic. And they had an encounter with God. God blew their doors open. We got blessed in the process. And from now, they're still pastoring. He's leading. He went on to go to Bible school, got a degree, uh, and he's leading and pastoring. I mean, God's plans sometimes are way bigger than what we think. And even if things don't go our way, he can turn it around into good. And you can look back on that many years later and say, man, that was not what I had in mind, but I grew so much during that season. I can trace my growth to that season, you know, some of it. So anyway, so that's that. God can turn anything around for good. You know, as I've been thinking, too, on this whole thing, we've been talking about through Breakthrough, and we've been talking a lot about it, and Joy's message on it, and Ralph's, and many others. Um, worship has been just something that I just felt for us, is, and even this morning was so powerful, and talking about worship. Um, I mean, you can just feel it. I mean, we're even a lighter group here today because of the weather, but it's like it felt full in energy and people ready to worship. Um, Worship is tied in to breakthrough. Worship is tied in to your breakthrough. For some, breakthrough seems far off and life circumstances may make it seem distant, but God is not far off. When we really understand that, no matter what we're going through, God is not far off. Breakthrough might seem elusive sometimes, or the path forward might seem a little bit unclear, but God is right there. He is right with us. Uh, he is with us. His presence is with us. He rewards those who seek him. So go after him. Don't stop. He's a rewarder of that. He responds to us. Here's the thing I thought this week I felt like the Lord wanted me to share. Worship activates the awareness and the reality of his presence in our lives. Worship activates the awareness and the reality of his presence in our lives. Um. There's so much I could say about this, but Acts 13.1 says they were ministering unto the Lord, right? They were ministering, and it says they were fasting. They were ministering, to, so they were worshiping and fasting. That shows to me that they were leaning into something, right? And then the next thing says, and the Holy Spirit said. So right in the midst of that, worship activated their hearing. It activated the release of the Holy Spirit to speak. 
Uh, worship activates the awareness of God around us. Yeah. When you come in here and we start, I mean, I love it. People come right up front, like just jump right in. You know, we got Wayne, usually Ralph leading the charge. Like we're just going to go after this and jump right into it. Worship activates something in us. So that's why it's like we don't just wait until we feel the heebie-jeebies before we start to worship, you know, or feel I need to feel something. No, you just, you just step into it. And it shifts the atmosphere. It changes. You know, they were ministering unto the Lord and they were fasting and afterwards God spoke to them and gave them specific direction. It says that he gave them specific direction. They didn't wait until they felt something. They were leaning into something. God spoke. Worship activated the reality of his presence in their lives. We can be in a total state of unbelief and despair and then when we start to worship, it lifts off of us. You can come in here and you had the worst morning, you had an argument with your spouse, your kids wouldn't get in the car, Livy would never do that, um, but all the rest of our kids may not have wanted to get in the car, we had issues, um, but you can, your whole demeanor can change when you come in. You open yourself up to the presence of the Lord and we worship. It's like, ah, oh, hold out your hands, get in a receiving mode, and it's just like, let everything fall off to the side. I remember years ago, worshiping in a service downtown, and I don't even remember what I was going through, but I felt something lift off of me during worship, obviously in the spirit. And then I asked the Lord, what was that? And he said it was a spirit of heaviness, a spirit of heaviness that wanted to attach itself. It literally went off, and I felt such clarity. I could see so clearly. So it's like, get ready, man. When we come into worship, I just felt to exhort yeah. us in that. Yeah. It's not just a ritual we go through or we right. you know, do something to you know, I mean, prepare for the message. It's like, no, that's one of the biggest purposes we come together, to corporately worship. And, you know, you can't get that worship sitting in Starbucks by yourself as your own church. You know, you need other people, and you need to link arms with other people. So we need each other. And there's something powerful that happens in corporate worship. Having been in that for 25 years and been on worship teams and led worship, led worship downtown at Bethel. We, I led worship when Tommy Tenney came into town. Remember, he was speaking in the early 2000s. We were on the worship team going after stuff. There's something so special, uh, you know, when we all gather together and we worship. It's so awesome. So I often think, what if we approached our time of worship with a complete open heart every time? Right. You know, like, what if you came before the Lord every Sunday morning with an open heart to say, I'm just going to worship, you know? Oh, gosh, you know, Lord, what do you want to do in me today? Right. Like Ralph said earlier, what do you want to reveal to me today? You know, I was so encouraged when we would go to Bethel and Reading in, in Leaders Advance Conference and we'd see Bill Johnson, who's been sitting in worship services for 55 years or something, 60 years, um, fifth generation pastor, and he loves the presence of God and worships like it's his first time. I mean, he has sat through thousands of services. And you watch him, you just notice things. He's up front every time in the same posture, like just receiving, connecting with the Lord. It's like you never get too old. We never arrive. You know, it's like we need it. And I always get, got so encouraged when I see that. I'm like, that is so awesome. I want to be like that. Worship is key to keeping us on the path of life. How about that? Worship is key to keeping you in a state of hopefulness. You know, I kept preparing for this this week and I kept for some reason saying hopelessness. I'm like, no, worship does not keep us in a state of hopelessness. Hopefulness. So I had to go through it many times. Hopefulness. Worship keeps us in a state of hopefulness. Keeps us living life with an open heart. 
so that we stay healthy and that our heart stays open and clear. Um, the thing I was thinking of this year, worship is like, you know, every service you're in or every time you have an opportunity, <clears throat> it's like picture a big dam holding back all the water and a rock comes out. You know, this service, you know, something comes out of the dam and just a little leak starts to happen because you experience God in this way. And then next week you come together and, and you worship and you have your heart open to the Lord and you feel him speaking to you and you, you feel the connection with you and the Lord. And I'm talking in the spirit, not like physically necessarily sensing it. Uh, another rock comes out of that dam, you know, another water leak. After a while, it just, your life just gushes with the reality of the river of God. Right. And it doesn't just happen necessarily at one time. Uh, it could, um, but it happens multiple, over multiple times. And after a while, you just get to a point, you have no dam there. It's just like you just jump into worship, you're connecting with the Lord. Um, I remember once I came back from a conference, a worship conference, maybe 10, 12 years ago, and it was so impacting to me, um, and I couldn't even articulate. I loved it when I was there at the time, but I came home and I put in a video and I showed joy. Something got on, totally unleashed in me, and I started just sobbing and sobbing and sobbing. I, that does not happen to me very often. I know that might come as a shock to many people. But that, I just couldn't even have it. It was like something just opened up, and the Lord, I don't even understand it, the Lord was just doing something. He might have been clearing something out of my life or out of my heart that needed to be just gone. And it was just such a powerful time. It was like just a VHS tape. I mean, it wasn't like, like I didn't have a great sound system. It was just, we were showing her the worship service, and it was like the Lord just sealed everything that had happened and just brought it all out at one time. So that's how it's kind of like sometimes worship in the Lord. In worship, we continually behold him and we're transformed. Listen to this translation. This is what I read earlier, 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is from the message. And so we are transfigured, much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. That's like, whoa. So we're transfigured much like the Messiah, our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives and we become like him. That's like, that is life in the kingdom. The beauty of God just taking over your life, your life becoming brighter and brighter and more radiance being seen to the world. That's so awesome. We don't just go from glory to glory to accomplish our own purpose. You know, we don't just go from glory to glory, from radiance to radiance to accomplish our own life goal. It's so that the whole earth can see him and be changed. And so those around us can see the difference and want it. You know, that it's contagious. Um, God's glory was revealed through Paul and Silas when they worshipped him from prison in Acts 16. I think it's one of the greatest stories. Talk about what despair they must have felt at that point. I, actually, it doesn't sound like they did. It seemed like they were having a great time. It was like, you know, uh, just sitting there singing. I could kind of picture Wayne and Chick, you know, if you guys are in jail, just singing, blasting out in the jail together, having a great time. Actually, I was looking at you as I was talking. I'm like, I can picture that, actually. You're sitting together in stocks. You're, you know, like, hey, we're just going to go after this. We're going to turn this around into good. We're just going to declare praises and shift the whole atmosphere in this prison. And then it says that there was an earthquake and everything opened up and the doors opened and the jailer came in and he ended up getting saved. The whole family came to know Christ. Like, what an incredible testimony. I think sometimes we just read that story and it's like, okay, that happened. But no, wow, an actual jail, they were sitting and they were singing, they were worshiping. God broke through, broke them out of the prison they were in. 
all these conversions happened. The jailer himself got saved. His whole family came to know Christ. That would have been like such an epic testimony. We would have been playing that up on the video for weeks. Like, okay, we need to play this testimony again. <laughs> play it again. It was so amazing. Play it again. We need this to go viral. You know, we, a book would come out about it. I mean, you know, we'd have to market it and make a series. Out of, I don't know what you have to do, but today's day and age. That was so incredible. Um, so I, I know that's a lot. I just want to end on something here. I want to end on a thought. And if we could, um, just get, if the worship team could come on up and get in place yeah. as I share this. <clears throat> I just saw as just, you know, hey, let's just do this together. Let's worship today. Um, let's see God just release things in a new way in your heart. Um, and just come before the Lord in just a way of total openness and surrender. You don't have to make something happen. But I want this to like change for us, even as we go into this week, that we come into this week with an attitude of worship. That when you're driving on your way to work and you are listening to something in a car, that the presence of God fills your car and, I mean, you just don't even know what happened. Like, I have gone to work many times and I'm like, be listening to something, I feel the presence of God and I'll go there with just tears streaming down. I'm like, okay, I'm walking into work. Like, I've got to make sure I don't look like I've been crying. This is going to be super awkward. I have a meeting I'm walking into. Um, but if it happens, great. But that we would just feel the experience and feel the presence of God with us this week, even in a new way. You know, because the awareness and the reality of, or worship activates the awareness and reality of him. So if we're worshiping wherever you are, you're in your car, you're having a hard day, you're home with the kids, and you put some worship music on, you start jumping into that, it shifts the atmosphere, it changes things, it snaps us out of whatever state we were in. Um, <clears throat> I want to close on this thought. I, I was, um, as, when I went to Israel a month ago, um, I, th I was talking with a friend ahead of time, and he was sharing with me, and it stuck with me the whole time I was over there. And he was saying, Steve, you're going to be so amazed when you're driving through Israel in the country, and it, you're literally seeing prophecy being, you're, you're looking at prophecy that was fulfilled. It talked in the Old Testament about fruit growing in the wilderness. And, you know, that it was an arid place, but that fruit and produce and stuff was going to be growing in wilderness places. It talks about that in many passages. He's like, you will see prophecy being fulfilled, fruit growing out of the wilderness, fruit growing out of the desert. And I was like, okay. For some reason, that stuck with me the whole time. And as we were driving around, and you look at Israel, and just the topography of it was so arid. You had, like, massive deserts, but then you had amazing plains and fertile areas. Uh, in fact, Armageddon, you, know, you look over and it's like, there's no war. I can't imagine a war being here. This is like so beautiful. I mean, it is so green. You know, it's just so fertile. I mean, it's just amazing. It's absolutely beautiful. Um, but that stuck with me the whole time I was there. And then the Lord was speaking to me about that on the trip. And he was speaking to me about it again this week. It just has not left me. But that even for us personally, that fruit can grow in your wilderness. Fruit can grow out of the dry time. You know, where you have been confused and you felt like you didn't see things moving forward uh, or you were struggling with something, do we believe that fruit can grow out of the wilderness? You know, it happened once, you know, on a massive scale and not just physically but spiritually. You know, much fruit has come out of Israel and, you know, the house of Abraham and his people now, Christians are all over the whole earth. You know, but also physically. Um, so for us, where, where are we right now? Ralph showed a video 
few months ago about uh, seeds in a desert. And it was somewhere on earth that had, had not had rain in a hundred years. Almost inconceivable, like no rain in over a hundred years. Rain started to come, drops started to rain down. He showed the video and seeds had been dormant for a hundred years and like immediately accepted the rain and started to grow again. It's such an unbelievable picture to see. It's such an unbelievable thing to think about. So no matter where we are in our season, if it's been a dry time, if you've been in a season where you felt confused, whatever it is, you're struggling with something over and over and over, God can grow fruit out of that time, out of that experience. All we have to do is just come before him and worship him and open our hearts to him and say, Lord, I don't understand every single thing that's happening in life, uh, but I'm putting my anchor down, I'm putting my stake in the ground here, and I'm just going to worship you. And when you call me to move, I'm going to move. When you call me to stay, I'm going to stay. But Lord, I'm going to live my life by your presence, your aware the awareness and the reality of you and your Holy Spirit in my life. When I don't understand, I'm just going to worship. When I feel confused, I'm going to worship. Clarity's going to come. We're going to hear the Holy Spirit. So I just want us to just stand and just open up our hands to the Lord, just in a posture of receiving. You know, we have some funny traditions in church, and you're like, why do we all raise our hands and whatever? I, I honestly think one of the most powerful postures we have is to do this. And like, put your head up toward heaven in a place of expectancy, and like you're holding out your hands, like we're expecting something. We're receiving. We're in a posture of humility, but also confidence before God. Lord, we know you are good. We love you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit here this morning, even can meet us on this morning of uh, an ice storm that we pushed through to get here. You're a good father. Bless you, God. Lord, I pray for a new increased awareness level of your presence in our lives. Lord, as we worship that you'd activate some things in us that need to be activated. Lord, we want to go deeper. We want to know you more. you are, if you want to sing, if you want to come up front, you want to worship, just in a posture, hold out your hands before the Lord, whatever God shows you to do, you're free to join us up here. Let's just go into this together and sing. Thanks so much for listening to this week's message. Feel free to contact us for further resources at newhope.com.